0: You know, if you have a home, and if you own a vehicle, and if you have a job, you're a success. Even even with the highest of American standards, if you live in this county, I would, I would I, it may be a gamble, but I, I think you're a success by the way America and the idea of America would define it. But, you know, one of the things I love about the millennial generation is they're asking uh, a, really, a really important question. Maybe it's the most important question. When I hear millennials talk, I hear them talk about their work counting. They want their work to matter. And I love that about that generation. They, they, they saw the, the, that not necessarily having a nice home or a nice vehicle or even a good job title, all that's good, but it may not have necessarily meant anything when it came to significance. It sounds a whole lot like what you heard someone say once, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So it's one thing to succeed, but it's another thing to succeed at things that really don't matter in the end. God does want your life to count. And all through the scriptures you see that God actually wants you to have purpose and significance. It is painted all throughout the Bible. He's made you for a reason. So if I am created for a reason, what is that reason? And if God created me for a purpose, how does that work exactly? Today we're going to talk about being faithful with your purpose, faithful with your design. Faithful with how God made you. And I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hopefully you're going to walk away with some new insights about what God thinks about you and you living with a purpose that has a significance attached to it. Now instead of reading all of this at one time, we're going to just walk through it for a minute. And we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1. And here's the simple truth. God wants me to be aware of what he's given me. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. It is not the will of God that you walk through your whole life unaware of what God did when God made you. But you know what I'm really fascinated by? I'm fascinated by the vast majority of people that I meet that honestly have gone years and years, and sometimes decades, and never really stopped their life, like put the brakes on and thought, God, what did you do when you made me? I can't imagine going through life and not knowing why he made me. People that go through most of their life, and I think that's the vast majority of people, I'm not saying it's a sin. What I am saying is I think it's a crime. Why would you ever do that if God made you for a reason? Why would you not want to know it? The second foundational truth is this, God gave me gifts for the benefit of others. Notice what he says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You know, I guarantee you had this happen. You, you've seen this probably many times in your life. You, you've seen people that had an immense talent, right? I mean, they had immense talent, but they just wasted it on themselves. I think about that every time I see, like, a computer hacker or somebody that that, that you know just has all this brain for technology and they use it for selfish reasons or for the power of evil. I think about it when... When I hear about people embezzling money, like all of the work and the thought and the preparation and all of the the labor it took to deceive people, what would have happened if that person had taken that same power and that same effort and that same labor and applied it toward righteousness? I mean, I'm always fascinated by what people do with God-given talents and using them for ungodly motives how many times have you worked with talented people and yet they were selfish what happens they they leave a, a, a train wreck of collateral damage people that are selfish end up pushing everybody away people get bruised in the po- process you know paul was really clear that god did give us spiritual gifts in 1st corinthians 12 but he gave us those gifts to For the common good, that is the common good of the body of Christ and for the betterment of others. It's it's a foundational principle. God did not give us what he gave us individually just to make our lives sweeter and richer. Here's the third principle that's really important to know. God gives me specific gifts for the balance of his church body. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked so that there may be no division in the body, and that the members may have all the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know, God doesn't operate in replication or imitation. He made you specifically. Now, we've all met people that thought like us and we we gravitated to them, but but God actually made your gifts and he installed your gifts into your life for the common good of the body, but for the balance of the body. He compared the the church to a human body and it's not that we are a individual part, we are a part of a system. And when that part doesn't work, I'm telling you like Everything gets out of balance. You ever been injured? Most likely you have. Isn't it fascinating? Have you ever have you ever like torn a muscle anywhere in your core? You didn't realize how much you turn that core every day till you mess up something, right? Uh, I, I about once a year for whatever reason, and and I've been to the doctor many times over it, but I, I'll have gout that'll pop up in my right big toe, and it. You know, it's, I've had a family history of that. And uh, so I eat, I eat around it. I eat really clean most of the time. And I do a lot of things to keep um, all of that uric acid out of my body. But about once a year, out of nowhere, it'll hit me. And you know what? You know what is the most angering thing about that? I remember the first time that happened to me, I felt like the most useless human being in the world. I remember sitting in a recliner at home. And I remember telling Michelle, like, my body works. I'm physically able. I'm strong. I have a sound mind. Uh, I have a vocabulary. I have all these things that I can use, and I can't even walk because of this stupid toe joint. I mean, it, it, it immobilized me. But boy, did it teach me the power of a toe. I mean, really, it, it, it made me think about this is just one little part of my body and it's like backloading everything else. I am unable to function. It, it reminded me that exactly what Paul said about honor. You see, he breaks down there in 1 Corinthians 12 that just because a member of the body may be small, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter. In fact, it means that it might carry a bunch of honor. So don't ever think that your gifts are small. No, your gifts are there to balance out the body of Christ. God did not give you your gifts just for you to employ them sparsely or to even employ them independently. He gave you your gifts to use them within His people. And you know where we saw that, the importance of that? We saw it last year when COVID-19 hit our country. You saw the importance of togetherness. In fact, suicides went through the roof. Mental health went through the roof. It showed us the power of together. I love what Chris Hodges, who's the founding pastor of Church of the Highlands in, in the Birmingham area, he, he said this, I thought this was such a great insight. The first problem in the Bible wasn't sin, it was solitude. He wasn't talking about sin, he said the first problem. And, and right out of the gate, what did God say? It's not good for man to be alone, right? So. Like last year, we did have to physical distance, but but that word social distance, man, we were created as social beings. And the body of Christ is a social body, it, not just social gatherings. We are meant, we are meant, meant, meant to be together in person, functioning like that. Now we had to physically distance for a while, but that cannot be long. People, we weren't designed for that. And so you saw the importance of what happens in the body of Christ, it gets out of balance in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, literally, with COVID, the body of Christ got out of balance almost overnight, because the body parts were were scattered, and and that's just not to the glory of God. We we have to keep that intact. And that's why I was so proud of our church at Clearview. We kept pushing, we kept going, and, and so many of you now are you're, you're getting back into the family life, and I'm proud of you for doing that. I, it, it, we need you here, and, and uh, we can watch digitally, we can watch from anywhere, but we're better together. We're always more effective together. God meant for His people to be part of a team, and teams are always more effective than anything any one person can do. It tends to last longer. You, any, Even people on the, 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 the human scale that have done amazing things, they may have been the front person, but they were always a group of people around them to help make it happen. We're better together. Paul said in verse 26 that if one member of the body suffers, we all suffer. He also said that if one member is honored, we are all honored. God meant for your gifts to function as a unit, and when they do, it is a really beautiful thing. But here's the most important part of why God made you and why He gave you gifts. God wants me to put my gifts into motion. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Isn't it amazing that a guy like Peter said that? The guy that was always on point out front, he got it. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of person I am, what kind of gifts God has given me, if I don't put them to use. You know, one of the things I've noticed about 1 Corinthians 12, if you go through that verse, I I mean, through that whole uh, passage, that whole chapter, by my count, I counted 11 times that the Scriptures use the word, the Spirit. See, here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, He is an active agent. Meaning, He sets things into motion. The Holy Spirit sets things into motion. The Spirit produces results. He energizes it. He's the battery behind what we do. You know where we're experiencing that right now? Some of you have have, have seen this firsthand. There's been many of you that are men at Clearview who you have stepped out in the last year and you have launched small groups around your passion and your purpose. What are you noticing? You're noticing traction, aren't you? You're noticing things are happening. You're seeing men form around you. You're seeing things all of a sudden just start to work. Many of you that are women, you're starting Keys to Freedom studies. and, And watch what's happening. Women are being touched. Neighborhoods are are being impacted. It's fascinating what happens when you employ your gifts. The Spirit sets things into motion. If you are available, He will be capable. Now, if you aren't seeing your results, I want you to consider. It can really, by my estimation, only be one of a few things. One, you're unaware of your gifts. Or two, you're not using your gifts or maybe it could be that you're using the gifts, but you're misapplying it. And a lot of times I've seen people do that. They, they, they're they using their gifts in the wrong way, or they're just in the wrong spot, right? Uh, I see it all the time in sports. you got somebody who who's a third baseman, but really they're better in the outfield. Or you see somebody who, who is having to be in sales, but really they were meant more for operations. You know, sometimes your gifts are... You're, they're frustrated because you're, you're putting them into use in ways God just didn't design you to do it. So check that. And sometimes that can be the, the, what's, what's going on if you're not seeing the Spirit produce the results. Because the Spirit is a producer, so you should be seeing fruit coming from your efforts. You know, this week when I was thinking about it, the thought just kind of came to me. All of us, if we, if we make it through this world and Jesus doesn't come by the time we die, we're all going to end up in the same spot. We're all going to end up here. We're all going to end up in the final days of our lives in a hospital or in some type of care, medical care. And then we're going to end up here. We're all going to end up in a graveyard. Our bones are going to end up in a graveyard. And then for those that are in Christ, we're going to be immediately here in heaven. Now, we can't we, 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 the Bible does the best it can to describe what heaven looks like, but it, it's going to be the same for us all. We're going to end up, you know, the final days of our lives, we're going to end up in some type of medical care, we're going to die, be in a graveyard, and, and from the moment we depart, the Bible says, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and so we're going to be in heaven, but I'm going to tell you something, when, when you're on that hospital bed, I can tell you this, you don't want to have any regrets, friend. I mean none. I want to. If I wind up with a bunch of doctors looking down on me, trying to figure out what, how my body is failing in its old age, I want to know that I gave everything I could to the kingdom of God, to the glory of Jesus, in every every waking moment of my life. I really do. I want to make sure that I don't look back and say, "Man, I I didn't I didn't I didn't fulfill my purpose." Man, I don't want you to do that you have an option. You could start today, regardless of how old you are, discovering your purpose. And you know how you can do that? I'll tell you how. When you leave this room, you can go to our hub, and there's gonna be one of our ministers there, and we have this thing called starting point. You can start with starting point. And, if and that tells you all about what we are as a Christian church. And second, if you've done that, you can go through place. Place is it walks you through your life experiences, your DISC profile, it, go, it, it walks you through your abilities. It is, it is a filter to help you discover how God made you and how God wants to use you. And I'm telling you, place can bring freedom into your life. So that's what I want to challenge you with today, friend, is to live for the power of God working through you. Find your purpose and go do it. Be faithful with your design.